It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author. And not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. One of the things I thought was um, intriguing today when I was prowling around on the Internet was a product called Anti-Rape Wear, and it's an Indiegogo campaign, which is crowdfunding, and <clears throat> some of the people who are in my field of sexuality and sexual health uh, were like, you know, WTF, what is going on? And I'm not talking about the movie. And what I looked at, I looked at the video, and as I was, I was dropping something off today, and had a conversation with a young woman at a, a car rental. And I said, I, I found it kind of interesting to look at this because the audience that's targeting, obviously, uh, is young women who may be clubbing. They may have had one too many beverages. They know they are not interested in, you know, the, the assault that happens on campuses has already been spoken about. But this was something that the idea behind this garment is really quite fascinating. They went in and they got a, um, imagine wearing uh, boyfriend, you know, sort of longer line underwear. So it comes to, you know, the just below the belly button, and then it is goes down the legs slightly. On the legs and on the waist, there is a band, and then there's a mesh that covers the groin area, and these so the bands around the leg, now these bands cannot be cut. They show them trying to, you know, it, you can't cut it with scissors, you can't cut it with a knife, and it can't be moved. And that's the, that's the premise behind this. They apparently have been, they've been looking at, you know, doing uh, this for a period of time, period of time, pardon me. But what I, I, I liked about it is that, you know, we're, we have a culture now that if a woman, it still, it hasn't changed that much. It changes when these, it'll change when these boys have daughters. Trust me. Then they are going to remember, oh, my God, what did I do? So, but also, I mean, I'm going to talk vibrationally about uh, soulmates and other things. This, for me, was something that was fascinating because if a woman goes for a run at night, she's not looking to get attacked. Um, if she's going to a club, that's not her intention. So what this does is it's worn under her clothes. It's very sheer. You know, it's very um, light. Uh, it's not a bulky garment that's going to look weird, 
They showed it under a dress. They showed it under pants. Now, admittedly, it's being worn by, you know, slim models. I'm sure they have a range of different sizes. But how it actually stays locked is that it has, I think they said 113, <clears throat> pardon me, different possible combinations that you set almost like a little clock, like the arms of a clock. It's got little buttons on it. And you are the one, so once the woman puts it on, she just, you know, locks the little waistband, and it can't be unlocked until she unlocks. So easy for her to do, but it cannot be removed by anyone else. It can't be pulled down. The legs can't be pushed up to the side. And, you know, I've had enough, the young woman who I was speaking with this morning, she said that the for young women between 18 and 24 who are at college, the statistics of them being sexually assaulted absolutely skyrockets. And we know part of that is um, drinking and, you know, any other substances that, that may be being used. However, those substances are not the thing that says, hey, attack me at all. So I, I'm going to keep my little eyes peeled on this thing to see how they call themselves AR wear. And I just, if you want to look at it on Facebook and see, um, just type in anti-rape wear. And again, it's an Indiegogo campaign, which is crowdfunding. And some of the people in my field were like, what is this doing? And I'm like, you know, any time we're in a situation where culturally you have to take care of yourself, I think this is a good example of an, you know, it's an ingenious kind of design that will go directly to the audience, and it's for them. I mean, they don't have to have a whole bunch of pairs of these. They can just have one set, and that's all they need. So anyway, I wanted to like make mention of that in case um, some of you have, have not been aware of it or not have, excuse me, have not seen it. <clears throat> Another thing that I did this weekend, on Saturday I was down in San Diego, and some of you may know that I am the chair of the Leadership Council uh, for the Program in Human Sexuality at the University of Minnesota, which is part of the University of Minnesota's medical school. And why I was there is it was an <clears throat> introductory evening, like a friend evening, for a gentleman by the name of Doug Braun Harvey, and he and his husband, Al Gillian, Killian. And Doug is a therapist, uh, a master's therapist, who works in the area of sexual uh, impulsivity and compulsivity. And the big thing that we have now is we don't have a lot of good research that can refute the nonsensical statement of sex addiction. Technically, there is no such thing. And to give you an idea of how technically there is no such thing, a therapist cannot find a billing, a, 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 the billing number when they are trying to submit for billing uh, under a thing of sexual addiction. The other thing that happens with the term sexual addiction, it's often labeling someone who is trying to control someone else's behavior. The partner finds someone who's online or the, they're masturbating and they say, oh, you must be a sex addict. Well, no. Uh, 
hardly, but what it does do is it comes with that tremendous shaming and it comes with wanting to control someone's behavior. And when I look at the examples in the media, the media is very quick to jump on the bandwagon of those two really powerful terms together. So to go back to why I was down in San Diego, Doug was hosting uh, an event where Surgeon General, former Surgeon General, Dr. Joycelyn Elders was there as well, and meeting with people and talking about that there is so much more in the area of sexual health that we need to be on top of and that we need to get good research. So Doug Brown Harvey has started and initiated the the Doug Brown Harvey Fellowship in Sexual Compulsivity. And what that means is someone who wants to do research work as a fellow, so postdoctorally, postdoctoral fellow, they can do work for a year, two years, funded by the fellowship, which will allow that person to be able to do research to support the work that they are doing. Because what happens for many of the postdoctoral in any uh, grad school, particularly in an area where they're seeing clients, a good percentage of their work is all about having to see clients because that's the way they make money. Having clients come in, that is the revenue generation. But what a fellowship does is it allows the person to have 40% of their time. Totally, It is totally dedicated to doing their research to create a body of knowledge. And I'm sure the majority of you know that when you do a master's, you create contributing um, information to a body of knowledge. And when you do a PhD, you do a whole new body of knowledge into your area. And for me, this is, that's a very exciting thing to be able to have fellowships that in order for them to be started, the amount is $100,000 versus a chair, which is, needs a $2 million endowment difference for the chair is that it then is permanent. And for the area of sexual, sexuality, we really need our senior, our, our senior and our, the people who are our best in the field, who have been at this, you know, 20, 25, 30 years. We cannot afford to have their body of knowledge disappear when they are tenured professors, they retire or die, and then what happens is, boom, their entire body of knowledge is gone. It evaporates. They do not replace someone. The university does not replace, does not have it in their budget to put in another full professor. Yet, if there is a fundraiser of $2 million that then generates the money for that scholar, that then ensures that that body of knowledge is permanent. And that's the exciting thing about creating uh, leadership chairs, about creating uh, bodies of knowledge. We already have the one chair, it's seated by Dr. Eli Coleman, and the second is this Joycelyn Elder's chair in sexual health education. And what she did is she really, her number one thing, she was a pediatrician, um, pediatric um, endocrinologist in Arkansas, and her comment was, I would see all of these bright young minds 
just absolutely, they get wiped out because they're 13, 14, 15 years old and they got pregnant. And what she looks at is using sexual health education to basically interrupt the poverty cycle of babies having babies. Please stay with me when we come back from the break. I'm going to talk about how to find your soulmate in a way you may not have considered. Because there's the standards, but I'm going to go with some new twists on that. Please stay with me. I'll be right back. with Lou on Toginet with your host Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirit Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Are you ready to go beyond happy and to live joyfully? Tune in to Lessons in Joyful Living with Kimberly Rinaldi. Kimberly believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers. Each week, Kimberly shares from decades of combined experience to help you go past happy and get to joyful living. To truly stand in a place of peace, joy, and abundance and know that it's calling for each and every one of us. Lessons in Joyful Living, Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. One of the things that I get asked many times by people is, how do I find my soulmate? What is a soulmate? Um, I'm just looking for my soulmate. Well, first thing you have to be aware of is soulmates are not just in a romantic part of your life. They are also in every part of your life because what a soulmate is there to do is it's not all light and love and, you know, you know, put your fingers in your cheek and hmm, little dimples. No. What a soulmate is also there to do with you is to help you grow and to help you see things. And 
you know, I will use in this instance my own, you know, some of my own examples of realizing, and I just ended almost, and I'm still in the process of doing it, a lifelong soulmate relationship with someone that I realized as much as I cared and loved this person as much as I could is that there was no way, this person had been, or I should say, I allowed this person to be detrimental to the development of some of the really powerful, happy times of my life. And that shouldn't be. Yet what it had me realize is that relationship had to shift and change, which it did last year, and that person is no longer in my life the way they used to be. And this would be a person I would talk to once or twice a day. Seriously. So your soulmates are there to give you and help you with lessons. You actually decided to choose yourself before you got here. Let's just suspend the thing. I have the feeling that we are all one. We all come from one spirit. We all come from this one source. I'm not going to call it by a religion uh, because what that does You know what religion really does to a lot of people? It makes them develop a state of separateness instead of a state of connectedness. And what we are here to do is to love and to be connected. So that's why I wanted to talk about the soulmate issues. So in the area of sexuality, people often think that, or when they look at soulmates, they think it's only about the person you're going to love and you're going to go off into the sunset with, you know, Uh, charming life and everything that you always wanted. Well, if you are vibrationally at the level of having that come in and you've worked to have that happen, sure enough, it may very well. Yet, your soulmates, and if you go back and look in your life, just ask yourself this, did I learn from every relationship I've been in? And you can do a review. I've, I've spoken about the book that I had spoken about last week, uh, uh, Lissa Rankin, Dr. Lissa Rankin's book on the anatomy of a calling. And one of the things you, because she writes about here, the perfect storm, you know, the things that happen in your life that are complete disasters. Would you go back and change them? I have to say I wouldn't because what I learned from the ending of my divorce from losing what I thought was going to be the, you know, the future that I had thought was going to be the perfect ideal future, what I realized very soon thereafter is that I was living what other people thought I should do, not what I wanted to do. And I wanted to live in a city that had a cool name that, and do things that were making contribution. And if I'd stayed where... I was married, that never would have happened. So, you know, did it was it was it sorrowful? Yeah. Did I struggle? No question. But here's the thing about soulmates. And I knew the moment I met my husband, I knew I was going to marry him. And I have to tell you, you when you meet someone, it's like there's that thing that just happens and it was not, you know, all you know, angel wing and, you know, fairy dust. To the contrary, my initial reaction was, holy shit, I'm going to marry that guy. I knew it 
like I was breathing. And it didn't fill me with joy, trust me. It was more like, whoa, now let me go back and tell you that six weeks before that, I had made the decision. It was the first time in my life I ever said that. And I said, well, I guess it's time for me to get married. (laughs) Boom. The universe sent in two people, two men, right within, you know, the same weekend. And it was, so when I tell you, be really careful what you ask for, I, I can speak from experience. And the reason I chose the one gentleman is because I wanted to be a stepmother. I thought that would be very cool. I have to tell you, people thought I was nuts, but I, that was the, for me, I, I just knew that was something I absolutely wanted to do. And I knew I wasn't their mother. They had a mother. I hadn't shared a whole lot of history with them. But what I looked at when I went into this is that I was going to learn everything I could about relationship. I'd never been married before, and I'd never been a stepmother before, but what I wanted to do was I knew this was going to be uh, a very intense relationship, and it was. So when you're looking for a soulmate, what I'd like you to look at is, yes, you can write down the list. Yeah, you can meet on match. I met, you know, a couple who met on match. Uh, She was a PhD. He was, uh, they were at the event on Saturday. And actually, I had not seen her in so long, and I was doing a presentation. All of a sudden, I looked down, and I went, oh, my God, I didn't realize that was you. So Rose and her husband, Tim, met on match. Now, you can meet that way. What match is really good about doing is having you be clear about what you want. And as Tim said, we, by the time we had our third date, he said it was like our 15th date because we already knew so much about one another that on our third date we were already talking about, do you want to have children? How many? What would you like? And that for me is when you are, when you change your consciousness, and let me tell you something, right now the entire world consciousness is changing, and not just a little bit, a lot. So when you are looking at, you know, and you can go online and you can see soulmates, the experience, you know, twin flame soulmates, um, how to tell if you're mating, dating, and you know, or in love. And all of these likely will give you some really, they'll give you examples of how people went through things. And sometimes those books have great stories. That, but what they are is these people knew, like, right now. And also they knew when it wasn't the person. So when we talk about finding or looking for your soulmate, One of the books, one of the first that I ever read in this area was by Brian Weiss, MD. And as a psychiatrist, he was doing regressive hypnotherapy with a particular client and trying to figure out why she had this particular, they couldn't get to the the bottom of why she had all of these issues, uh, you know, with the standard therapy. So he thought, I'm going to try this. And what ended up happening is she regressed in the hypnotherapy uh, session and started talking to him about his son who had died, who had 
and this woman was very simple. She wasn't about medicine. She was not. She wasn't very um, educated. And she started talking about the contrapositioning of his son's organ that Brian Weiss is Jewish. They had named their son after his father or his grandfather, you know, the first name, whether it was, you know, Avram or his, his temple name was, you know, uh, Avram Nashta or whatever it may be. There's no, no one even knew this information. So for Brian Weiss, when he first started doing this work, the last thing he was going to do was talk to any of his colleagues about what he was hearing from his clients when they went through regressive therapy. And then what they started talking about is seeing their soulmates and seeing the loves of their lives. And that that... And he wanted to, you know, try and be as helpful as he could, but it wasn't until he had enough examples of this that he was willing to go forward. Other people, will they'll be around people and they say, hey, you know, there's someone I think you should meet. No longer do we have, you know, the dating of the 90s where friends would set you up or you might meet somewhere. Now we have to go to meetup.com to find people of similar interests. Even, you know, speaking with... Uh, a woman uh, over the weekend on Saturday, one of the coolest little hotspots in San Diego, and she said she's incredibly accomplished. She's absolutely beautiful. She's lovely, lovely, lovely. And she can't find anyone. She says, yeah. She said, you know, they all kind of were like, you know, hit on me and, you know, want to hook up. But she said, that's not what I'm interested in. And she said that she has started going back to the gym. And I said, do you keep this regular routine? And she said, yeah, fairly. I said, keep your routine because if there is someone who comes in that is, you know, looking at you and wanting to approach you, have another woman there. She can be your wingman, wingwoman. That way they can approach you. It's a different world now because it's swipe left, swipe right. So what? But what people still want is they want to feel connected and they want to feel loved for who they are, and they want to be loved with the same value system, which that's what I mean when I talk about changing your consciousness, which also changes your vibration. And it is your vibration that pulls and brings people into you, how you are giving energy off. Have you ever wondered why you see those people who always keep pulling in people who are angry and upset? It's because they're angry and upset. Or someone who always says, oh, I'm the victim. Yeah, that's what you're going to get, the victim. So when we come back, I'm going to talk more about finding your soulmate, things you can do, things you can look at, because all of us are here on this planet to love and be loved. And whether that is loved in a sexual way or loved in a platonic way, but we are here for love. So please stay with me. I will be right back. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. was salvaged from the linguistic scrap heap by the Romans. It has remained in use in the Roman alphabet ever since, and now accounts for 2.5% of any page of written English. So today, I thought I would give you some fantastic words that start with the letter F. False eloquence is an 18th century word for lying. Fanfarinade is a 17th century word for an arrogant boaster. While a flap doodler is a 19th century slang word for a person who talks nonsense and rubbish. A Philly Lou is a noisy uproar. And my favorite F word ever, floxy noxy knee hilly pillyfication, which means worthless trivia. For more letter of the day words, download my free app at twofunnyforwords.com. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And for those of you who have not visited my new website, it's loupaget.com. Uh, each week, it's um, looking to do new material, new content, a new little video. Have to shoot another video today, <clears throat> so it's an ongoing process. So, as we know, and another thing, just before I go back into the soulmate uh, discussion, I was so thrilled to see that Gawker got raked over the legal coals for having posted Hulk Hogan's video. Now, I was not in that, you know, courtroom, but what I do know is, you know, he did not know that he was being taped. And this and all of these websites, I will bet you Harvey Levin of TMZ has a very tight anal sphincter about now because of the things TMZ has ended up posting and the things other sites have posted. Because now, cases of revenge porn are getting prosecuted. And it's invariably someone who has a picture or had a film 
of a former partner, which at the time was consensual between them. And it's kind of like, look, I'm just going to put this. Because when anyone goes to do a job search, that's one of the first things that comes up. So to say that it impacts someone's life is an understatement. But I would say that they are now going to be having, they have all of their many graduate, graduand lawyers who have, you know, they spend all those years about how can we try and, you know, protect somebody. They better be writing some whole new policy things for these companies because no longer can these guys hide behind it. The individual who owns Gawker is worth apparently $121 million and the company's worth $83 million. Well, I guess he's just about to have all of his assets wiped out. And because he and the editor who posted it, who is 41 years old but has no assets and you know, 27000 in student debt apparently, they both have been held personally liable. And the, you know, the jury actually awarded him more. I mean, <clears throat> and to me, this is, thank you. It's about people being responsible for what they're doing. You cannot hide behind the anonymity. And we've seen the same thing with people hiding behind the anonymity of posting incredibly obnoxious comments about people. You know, sometimes, eventually, they do get found out. So to go back to the soulmate comment, when I watch how people first tell me that they're, they're interested in someone or they're interested in being with someone or finding a soulmate, I specifically ask, what for you is a soulmate? And if they say it's the person who I'm going to love that just loves me and they think I'm to- so amazing and they you know, are excited to see me when I come home at night and they're, they're always happy and they're always up and we always love to do things together, my comment to them is variably, Get a dog, okay, because your dog will love you, be there, greet you at the door, smile, be happy, share times with you, won't care if your hair is out of place. But human beings have a very different interaction. And what people are looking for with a soulmate is the growth of why they chose to be on this planet. And, you know, to me, the souls all choose to be here. There's no mistake of, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to be born. Oh, yes, you did. So, you know, button it and just get over that. What we also have to look at is what are, the, what are the areas that are most important? When you have dreams at night, what are the most important areas that you dream about? Does it feel like you're being chased? Does it feel like you're, you're trying to run away from something? Does it feel like you're trying to find something? then you're, here's the thing. Whatever you think about during the day, your thoughts in the day and your dreams, you create both of them. So if you want, and the way that you can create something with a soulmate is at night before you go to bed, you are setting down the intention of what you're looking for. Now, if the only thing you're looking for is someone who's going to take care of the bill, marry an accountant, Okay. Um, someone who will be good with money. Because just because someone has earned money doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be able to keep it. Yet what you have to also be aware of is what are your tastes? And this person may not be 
on the same page as you in that. But when they make those comments that, you know, opposites attract, not really. Truly, not really. It, you know, someone may be a slob and someone may be neater, but there really do have to be some standard lines along which the two of you can connect. As an example, I was listening to something where uh, John Gottman and his institution, I believe it's up in Seattle, and he talks about that the one behavior that is the death knell for anything. So if you meet someone and they have this as an attitude or behavior, run, do not walk for the door, just run. And that is someone who is, has contempt for you because that will kill everything. The thing of soulmates is that, you know, even though you say you might want one, I'm going to use an example here of the Married at First Sight in the most recent season. And there was a couple on there, Ashley and David. And from the very beginning, David was fully invested in this process and this experiment. And Ashley couldn't have been further from the game. Honey, she didn't even unpack the game board. She was um, not the least bit interested. She didn't play. She didn't. She did not get involved in this. And there were so many assets and so much stuff that she had been given to give her that opportunity. And the really telling thing for me, one of the experts on the uh, one of the experts choosing the people is Dr. Pepper Schwartz. And she happens to be on the leadership council at University of Minnesota. And Pepper is so warm and so engaging, and she always, you know, she greets, you know, the people because she goes to their homes and sees what they're looking like. So from a soulmate standpoint, go and see how the person lives. Most men, it's going to be pretty simple. But you're going to see the things that are important. Do they like pets? Are they interested in sharing things? Do they have a feeling of responsibility? Do they expect somebody else to be doing all the work for them? What you're looking for is someone who on a look, everyone can have great weekend, you know, let's get together, fly to, blah blah, you know, seduce me, we'll have amazing meals, everything and then you go back to your real life. What you need to do is know from a soulmate standpoint what the two of you are going to be like on a day to day basis. And what happened with, you know, David and Ashley is she never engaged at the very final, after, you know, six months after uh, the entire uh, experiment had ended, and they're saying what had happened since and what was going on, and Ashley had asked for a divorce on the, the, the sixth week. Pepper did not hug her. For me, that just screamed volumes. Because, I, I mean, I am sure that there must have been someone saying, what was the matter with you that you never even gave this a chance? Because I can assure you that now that David is there on his own, he's going to find his soulmate. He is going to find someone because his vibration is such at a level, his intention is at a level, he knows that he wants to have, bring love and children into his life, and that is going to make him freaking magnetic. And that area... You know, yes, there's no doubt that the Married at First Sight 
it's an experiment, but it's also the premise behind it being that, you know, what is it, 87% or whatever, 93% of arranged marriages stay together. That's usually because there's a lot more family pressure and family, you know, involvement in this. And that wasn't the case. I mean, David's mother was very open and, and very accepting of Ashley. Yet this was a young woman who really she never... She didn't even put her foot on the gas pedal. And, you know, so be it. But what I want people to know is this: your soulmate isn't only about your heart. And if you only want one, you may miss out on another who's even better that's coming in. So David, in a large part, dodged a bullet to a certain extent because now he's going to have someone who's going to be coming in that will be or they're going to show up in his life and go, Hey, I mean, as um, another example, who was it who, oh, um, he was one of the top uh, TV stars in, I think, I guess in the 80s and the 90s, Tom Selleck. And he was in London, and he saw this woman who he was like, whoa, he said, she's fabulous. Well, she didn't have a clue who he was. So she was like oblivious to what, what, you know, everyone else falling all over themselves so <clears throat> in the U.S. So when he met Jill, because he calls her Jilly, he said he was like a, sort of like a tongue-tied kid who didn't know what to do. But he knew when he had met her that that was the one. So remember the thing that your soulmate is going to help you to grow. So look at the areas of your life that you want to grow in. Do you want to become more self-expressed? Do you want to do more artistic things? Do you want to be a really engaged parent? And sometimes you can see someone and know immediately, as I did, but I also knew immediately when it was over. So some of your soulmate relationships may be for a period of time. I talked about the one that had been like my entire life that ended last year. I mean, there's still the pain of it, but it is, the best thing, and when I went back and looked at the number of times things had been basically ruined as a result of this person, yet I'm the one who made that choice. So take responsibility, move forward. Tunes are coming up for the final break, and I will be right back after this. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. News Daily reported a story from Career Builder that gave some humorous examples of actual job interview blunders. One Boris Norris candidate decided to take off his shoes during the interview. Probably not the best idea, even if you don't have smelly feet or podobromhidrosis. Another job applicant brought a how-to-interview book with him to the interview. Then he asked, what company is this again? 
And my favorite, the candidate who asked for a sip of the interviewer's coffee. That will cause a latte problems, and also it's a bit bumptious. And finally, one job applicant asked the interviewer if they could wrap it up quickly because he had another appointment. And a special thanks to our armed forces, men and women serving at home and abroad. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. If you experience joint pain, remember, weight matters. Being overweight is not good for your health for a multitude of reasons, but joint pain is especially affected by weight. Harvard Medical School reports that simply walking across level ground puts up to one and a half times your body weight on your knees. That means that with each step, a 200-pound man will deliver 300 pounds of pressure to his knee. Off-level ground, the news is worse. Each knee bears two to three times your body weight when you go up and down stairs and four to five times your body weight when you squat to tie a shoelace. Losing weight is the key. One study found that the risk of developing osteoarthritis dropped 50% with each 11-pound weight loss among younger obese women. Weight matters. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And as I had said before, um, please come and check out my new website. There is a free ebook on what I have learned in talking about and writing about sexuality, the life lessons I've learned. And they are, they are all straight from what I experienced. And it's, so it's part sexual, you know, sexual health is part sexuality is part fun, is part entrepreneurial, but it truly is the life lessons that I learned. And I did the presentation actually for a chamber of commerce here in Manhattan Beach in Los Angeles. So going back to finding that soulmate, one of the things you are not likely going to do is find your soulmate doing exactly the same things every day. So you want something to change in your life? Change things in your life. So meetups.com. They are all over. They are everywhere. So you can do a meetup to, you know, someone, um, similar things that you like to do. Look, and, and whatever you do, do not start dating someone who's seeing someone else. Find someone who is genuinely single. If you start, when, if you start dating someone who's already dating someone, what you have done is you have muddied the relationship waters. It didn't start out on a clean basis. And I can tell you the number of times I've watched relationships start that started because initially there was a dishonesty, and that dishonesty continued throughout the relationship and marriage. Truly it did. And if you think that the, you know, the number one focus, if I'm speaking to women here, if the number one focus is you want to have a wedding and get married, get over it. Have a party instead. Do not become the center of attention for a day or six months or however long just because 
you know, you want blah, blah, blah. Understand that your world, I mean, there's a reason why they you know, refer to it as having, you know, the, the honeymoon hangover, because when you come back, you're coming back to the real world. You're coming back to the job and, you know, the, the everything that you're having to do that doesn't have you being, oh, my God, you're the bride. Okay, that's nice. But remember, this is about starting a life together, not throwing the world's most massive party. Have a good time, but the you know, clarity of why it is you're there. Now, there are sometimes you will meet someone, you'll see a picture of them, and by the way, when you're swiping right and you're looking at someone on Tinder, apparently you're more likely to choose someone if you thought the person who was just ahead of them was good looking. <laughs> makes you realize, oh, my God, I am very programmable. Oh, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Now, what I'd like people to do who are looking for a soulmate or to improve the things with their soulmate or the person they're with, take, take, go grab some magazines. Go grab some pictures off the Internet of behaviors and attitudes that you like. And I just had one of my closest friends uh, end uh, a three-year-long relationship when she realized that much as she loved this person and they, it has been three of the best years of her life, she was not going to spend another moment going forward with someone who knew, who knew he could not give her what she wanted or was not on the same page with what she wanted. And it doesn't mean that, you know, the caring wasn't there and was he a soulmate for her? No question. Yet, he was not able to change what he is doing to change himself. Just to give you an idea, when you are changing what you are doing, basically what you're doing, you're also changing your DNA. Kind of fun, huh? Think about that. So what you do on a day-to-day basis, every single thought that you have changes the quantum energetics of your entire body, every cell. So if you are someone who is prone to being irritated, agitated, I mean, we've been around them, haven't we? The person who, you know, is on the horn or cranky or grumpy, and all they're doing is taking their vibration down. I don't want to be around those people at all. And I don't, you know, if this person goes around, you know, flashing a bird or doing whatever it is, hey, you know, um, my issue is I have to be around you for five seconds. You get to be with yourself 24-7. The important thing for that, however you are, whatever emotions you're having in your life, you know, your DNA determines the love in your life. Truly, it does. And you can influence it. You know, believe me, I, I mean, there's, bear with me on this one because truly love is in your DNA. And when, you know, with my, I have one friend who would feel like, oh, that's a bunch of bollocks. But there's, you know, component parts to who we are that really determine many of the things of, and, and your DNA is something people go, well, here's the thing that they used to think. I have the hard sciences background. So I know that in the sciences world, they used to think that, you uh, DNA does not change, and you are everything that your DNA is. Uh, so if you come from a family that has 
um, so-and-so got cancer and that person got cancer and that person got cancer. Cancer's in your family is what they would say. No, in all actuality, what is in your family is how people deal with stress and the things they're putting in their body, likely sugar, likely other things. Sugar's your number one inflammation. Monsanto, the evil company of the entire world, all of their products, the majority of their products are so toxic for human beings in this planet, it will be such a delight to have them go bye-bye. But the thing about your life is that you've got these things continuing every day that you can support, that you can change. So if you, and, and that soulmate may not look like what you, you know, were thinking. Ashley, going back to Mary to first sight, Ashley and David, actually, she said, I really, you know, want to see, you know, I don't, I've always been really concerned about what someone looked like, so, you know, that's not going to be the most important thing for her. So David was probably about a seven out of ten. Well, that wasn't good enough for Ashley, and as soon as she saw him, she just shut down and withdrew. Yet, I'll tell you, David was probably one of the biggest soulmate lessons for Ashley because what Ashley could not do is step up to the plate. Even though she had all this support, even though she had all these people there to help her, she wouldn't do it. And when you know that you have the ability to create this for yourself, you can do things very simply. And the list that you make you know, don't do the list where, you know, I've seen shows with, I think it was Elanya Van, was it Elanya Van Sant? And this one woman, swear to God, had 40 pages of notes of what she wanted. Well, that's like saying, you know, they, they have to go to this school, they have to do this, they have to do that, they have to do this. And what you're doing, yes, you're putting it out to the universe and law of attraction and saying this is what I want. Yet the more things you say of how you want to feel, how you want to feel when you walk in the door and see that person, how you want to feel when you introduce that person to your friends. Are you proud to introduce that person to your friends? Because if you're not, particularly as a woman, that is not going to fly. It will not fly. And I tell men that. I say, women want to be with a man that they are proud to be seen with. Men too. And that way then people you know, exhibit what we call the... Um, uh, I call it the polite, politely tasteful forms of jealousy. But the the big thing that you are wanting is you can make a list of three things that you want the person to be like. You can say you want them to be um, successful and happy because we know some people who are successful and not happy. You may say that you want them to take care of their body Whatever you put into here, make sure it's of the positive side, okay? Take care of body and, you know, it works out. And then the other thing, it may be that it may not be a particular religion, or but they have a spirituality. And, you know, they have a spiritual side to them. Um, they enjoy their family. The big thing that will often pull relationships apart is when they start to look at the soulmates start to look at, or you look at them and go, they could be my soulmate. If you start going, well, I have to change this about them, I have to change this about them, I have to change that, don't. Just don't do it. And if you want to know a good movie to go and see, 
that is a fun one that was Soulmates, the new um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. I mean, the first one was absolutely a riot. And, you know, they showed how these two very different, but they both knew that they wanted something that made them feel like this. And that's what I'm trying to get across to you. Know how you want to feel. Feel happy when you think about this. Feel joyous. Feel that you're grateful. Feel that, wow, I am so lucky. When you feel like that, that is what's going to show up. And, you know, when you we see these people who everyone thinks as being very charismatic and drawing people in, that's usually because they have that attitude. They are happy. They are expressive of that. And it comes out of them, out through their, you know, from their aura, out energetically, and attracts other people to them. So talked about soulmates, you know, today. Talked about, look, you know, if you want to find someone, this is about you doing the work to find it. It's like having a good body. You go to the gym to do that. If you want to have a fine mind, you make sure you do it. I love listening to Ashton Kusher, who said when he got the uh, People's Choice Award, he said, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Opportunity often looks like work, but you've got to do it. And that's the same thing I say to people. You can settle for something, but it's probably not going to be to your best benefit. You're here to get some work done. You're here to love, have a soulmate, have that partner. So take care of yourself. Be kind to your body. Be kind to people around you and your animals. And, again, if you have a chance, go check out my website. Um, Check out some of the other shows from TogiNet. I'm going to be doing a bunch of uploading today. And have a lovely rest of the week. Bye for now, everyone. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget. 